chosen um, a book, uh, a chapter from um, Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, verses from 13 to 20. Matthew chapter 16, verses from 13 to 20. Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say that to you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven, Whatever you lose on the earth will be loosened in heaven. I have um, I have um, shared the outline of um, today's Bible study on Connect Fellowship. If you want to follow, you can please do follow. It's on the Connect WhatsApp group. I have put on the outline for for us, so we will be able to understand it. Let me begin with the story. On one of the hot sunny days uh, in England, a naval ship from um, Australia docked and then two, um, there were uh, army and naval, uh, naval officers were walking into, um, walking into uh, one, of this, one of the streets of London and then they decided to go to a pub uh, which caters for um, ex-service men, army men, naval officers and people, uh, people like that. So, two of them walked, um, um, had their uh, food and drink. After food and drink, they, uh, two of them decided, okay, let's go for a walk. So, two uh, officers came out of the uh, sorry, came out, and then they started walking towards uh, one of the um, one of the popular places in London. So, as as they walk along, they saw another English uh, highly uh, sorry, uh, another English um, high, high official who had a lot of medals just decorating and glittering on, on his um, suit. So when the, when the two Aussies uh, saw the uh, English um, officer, so one of them decided to ask for help. So said, sir, can you tell us uh, where is this place we want to go and visit? And then the English army man was really offended by this question because he thought that the question was very simple. And he started yelling at them that, you don't know who you are talking to. And the second as he said, he doesn't know who he is, we don't know where we are. So <laughs> that is the story now in the world. Um, sometimes, uh, many people in the world don't know who Christ is. Thank you, Ellen. 
Many people um, don't know who Christ, I mean, uh, personally. Some people don't know where they are going in, 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 uh, in terms of their uh, faith. So that is the situation here. Many of us uh, were born into a Christian family. We raised, we went to church, we, we heard about Jesus pre preached by many, many um, popular priests and local, local leaders. We know who Jesus is. But sometimes, you know, I don't know about you, sometimes, you know, I think that it is good to ask personal questions. For example, if you are, on, uh, if you are uh, traveling from here to Cork on a train, someone approached you with a question, who are you? A Corkman asks you, okay, so who are you? As a double, how would you answer it? And then if you say, okay, I'm a Christian, and then say, what do you mean by Christian? How would you answer the question? If somebody asks me, you know, why are you a Christian? Um, well, I'm not, you know, I would be struggling like, mm, 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 because, you know, that's an unexpected question. So Christ put his disciple like the way any, any stranger would approach you with the question of who are you, why are you a Christian? So if somebody asks you, as Peter says uh, in, in, in his epistle, be prepared to answer for those people. I don't know about you, maybe you can give, give that man um, a, stra a straightforward answer why you are a Christian. Somebody asked me, I would struggle, and then hopefully I'll be able to uh, you know, give him some answer. So who is Jesus to you? That is the question that we are going to think about it as believers, because Jesus asked this question to his disciples, although his disciples know him, who he was. Many of his disciples didn't believe initially, and, and as they walk along with Jesus, they saw who Jesus was, how Jesus' words are powerful. They also saw him, how Jesus was compassionate, so on and so forth. They were beginning to understand Jesus, who Jesus was. So this is one of the questions, a pivotal question, Jesus asked before he went on to um, explain his way of bringing salvation to the world. So he asked him, he asked the disciples important question, who do you say that I am? It doesn't matter what is the popular opinion, what are people say about Jesus, you know, um, here in this country or anywhere in the Western world, or when you're watching American movie, you see many people swear by Jesus. Sometimes the name of Jesus is also misrepresented when they're swearing. Sometimes we hear people talking, swearing words, and then Jesus comes right and right, left and right in the middle of it. So who do we say Jesus is? That's the most important question. I'm not pointing out um, any, any, anything, any, uh, sorry, anything bad about anyone's talking, rather. It's, it's a personal question to me. I hope that that will be a personal question to us. So today's question uh, is all about who Jesus is to you. It's, it, 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 let me put it this way. This is a reflective question. So let's all go back. If you have time, please go through the outline. Please go through the Bible verse and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you who Jesus is personally to you. Because Jesus' disciples know more about Christ as they walk along. Jesus' revelation to them was progressive. 
uh, even after uh, Jesus' uh, death and resurre sorry, resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples and explained to him uh, from the scriptures, from Moses to himself. He explained to them one, uh, progressively so they'll be able to grasp. So here the context is very important. Now we're all going to uh, imagine that we are all going to Jerusalem now where Jesus was uh, uh, there and where he was asking this question. So when you uh, look at this uh, portion, uh, especially on word uh, 13 at the beginning, Caesarea Philippi. So this is one of the uh, important places uh, in uh, Roman uh, Judaic time. So where Caesarea Philippi, Jesus was actually at the foothill of the mount. On the top of the mount, Roman uh, Emperor Caesar had, uh, Caesar's son had built a temple. That temple was really, really, you know, big. That showed the glory of um, Caesar's father. And also, many people back then uh, were pagans. So non-Jewish people would consider that temple as a pilgrimage, and then every uh, every year at some point they go, they do a lot of prayers. You know, like in, uh, when you when you go to uh, places like Velangani um, in India or Nok here or anywhere else, Rome, uh, Rome in Italy, you see there are some people uh, come up with some uh, odd things or weird things. I would say I'm not I'm not blaming anybody else. You know, for example. In one of the places in India, when they go for pilgrim, what they do is they do a prayer. Just before they do a prayer, they buy a lock, and then they put the lock on one of the doors of the um, chapel, and then, then they lock it. They believe that they have you know, locked everything with God, hoping that God will open the <laughs> lock and hear their prayer. So th these are some of the things. I don't blame them because that is the way they think that their prayers are answered. That is the way they think that they can reach out to God. So similarly, back then, these Roman, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Roman pagan people uh, went up to the temple thinking that Caesar was, uh, was God himself. So they thought that by going to him, uh, offering sacrifices, uh, they believed that their prayers would be heard. So what they did was they brought uh, all sort of sacrifices. Some of them were animals, some of them were you know, different things, material things. So they took all the sacrifices all the way up to the mountain. On the mountain, there is a, a pool and also there is a um, there is a stream running through as well. So they threw up the offering into the um, into the into the pool. If the sacrifices, if the sacrifice, whatever it is, if it sink, that means their prayers are answered. If it isn't, the prayers wasn't answered. So that is the way thought that. So imagine the pool is there, and then some are floating, some are you know sinking. So if you do it now, uh, this time of the year, you would be sued by county council because you are damaging the local water. Back then, there wasn't a problem. So. This is the way they thought that uh, you know they would uh, reach uh, Caesar, who they claimed that he was God. But when you when you read this chapter uh, further on, Jesus says to Peter, "Who do you say that you uh, I am?" And then Peter said that you are the Son of Living God. And then Jesus' response was, uh, 
Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, actually, you know, th th this is a comparative statement. On one side, pagan Romans thought that Caesar was God, so they brought animals, other sacrifices to offer to him. So they, they, they believed that they will come to know who Caesar was, who God was. On the other side, Jesus says that it's not like that. It is the Holy Spirit who reveals to them. Because by, the, by their own thinking, by their knowledge, they will not be able to say who Jesus was because Jesus wasn't crucified until this time. So it was the Holy Spirit who re revealed to Peter that Jesus is actually the Christ. So what Jesus was trying to set uh, here was he was deliberately setting himself against the background of the world religion because pagan people thought that worshiping, worshiping Caesar was the only way to know who God was. Whereas Jesus contradicted himself that that's not the way. Believing, Jesus, believing in him and his finished work is the only way to know who God was. The idea of you know the um, blood and flesh and uh, relieving, uh, you know revealing things is also echoed in Galatians chapter one sixteen. Let's go. Uh, let's turn with me, please, to Galatians chapter one sixteen to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the Gentiles. I do not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Again, here, Paul is saying that by blood or by any, uh, human, any, any means of human knowledge, Jesus was revealed, revealed to him. Rather, Jesus Christ was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. So the idea of revealing, Christ was re revealed to uh, Paul by Holy Spirit is echoed in Galatians. And if you go further into book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, please turn, me, turn with me, if you could, to Ephesians chapter 1, 17 to 19. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Again, on this uh, chapter, Paul is uh, writing that it is the Holy Spirit who reveals who Jesus is to you when you, when you, when you spend some time reading scriptures. Next is, when you look at this uh, um, passage, seven, you know, 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church, and the, so I, I'll stop it here. So here, what is Jesus trying to reveal to himself? Let's look at the word on Peter, and then on this rock. The New Testament was actually translated into Greek word. So Peter, and on the same line, rock. They were all uh, written on the same uh, type of word, 
which is uh, Petra. So Petra means, you know, in, in Greek words, it can be trans, uh, transliterated as rock. For example, uh, if, if I want to simplify it, let's say uh, we know that George Bush was president of America. But when you say that under whose president a terrorist was killed, then you can say that it was George W. Bush or Junior George Bush. So similarly, when you look at it, Peter, although it says Petro, that means Peter was called as Petroi, that means a fragment of a rock. So when you break a big rock, it, it, you know, it fragments into smaller pieces. So Peter, name was written in Greek as Petroi, that means he's uh, compared as a fragment. Whereas on this rock means the foundation of Jesus Christ, what he did. That's what the Greek language says that. So what Jesus is trying to say to uh, him is because the Holy Spirit revealed to you that I am the one who is Messiah to come. So on this statement, I mean, uh, Jesus is the son of God. Jesus Christ died for my sin. On this foundation, you're going to teach and build the church. That's what Jesus is trying to say to him. Whereas if you look at, um, you know, when you talk to someone in, uh, in any old Christian tradition, they say that Peter has a lot of authority, so he has the key to open, open the heaven. You know, he has all the authority. So actually, it is not, it is not what Jesus, is, um, Jesus meant by um, on this rock I will build. On this rock means the foundation. Uh, I don't know many, uh, how many of you know the importance of cornerstone. Have you ever been involved or seen anywhere else where, um, where builders uh, started to digging the ground and then they put the first stone as a cornerstone? Have you ever seen it? Yeah, so Brian says he had seen it. I had seen it uh, because my, uh, my maternal grandfather was a civil engineer. So, the, so in the Hindu tradition or the Indian tradition, what they do is when they want to build a house, well, here, let's say, um, you can see it if there is any, any building a project going on. Here, we don't see those things because we buy a, a house already built by builders. So we don't, we, I don't think we, we, uh, we can see it unless we walk into a builder site. Whereas in the Asian tradition, or I, I think it's same in African tradition as well. So just before, um, uh, even Middle East as well, before a builder builds a house, what they do is they do a small prayer, doesn't matter Hindu, Muslim, or, uh, or Christian, and then the builder started digging it. And then when they know that this is the length for the foundation, the first stone, when they, before they put first stone, they do a lot of prayers. They give such, a, uh, such an important thing for one single stone, which is a cardinal stone, because on that thing, all other stones are built. So this is what Jesus is trying to say to Peter, that on the confession that Jesus is Christ, you are going to build my church. Actually, the book of Matthew is the first the New Testament book actually talks about the word church, even before Paul comes up with the word church, ecclesia. So Jesus himself was talking about the church that his disciples and the people follow after them going to build will be built on the cornerstone foundation, which is Jesus Christ who died for us, who is the Savior. Let's turn uh, with me to um, 
Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Romans chapter 10, 9. This is again very familiar to all of us. Let, let me read it from 8. What, what does it say? The word is near to you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So this is not only the foundation of the church, this is also a part of our conversion story. When we all, be, you know, uh, when we all graduated in Christ University, uh, with the degree of BA, born again, we confess this word that he is, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He died for my sin and he's going to forgive me and he's going to give, uh, give me a new life. So when we confess this, that means this is, this is where our foundation, our cornerstone uh, is being built. So this is very important um, as believers, as we all know that this is the foundation. Without Christ, there is nothing else. Because nowadays, many people say that, you know, uh, many people only see Jesus as, a, 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 Jesus was a politician, or political uh, revivalist. So other people believe that Jesus was, um, was a good man. Some other people believe that Jesus wasn't a sound man at all because he himself lied for the people, those who haven't seen. You know, there are a lot of things people come up with. But when you look at uh, people, those who believed in Jesus Christ, they completely trusted for, uh, you know, many of us uh, know the, uh, the famous um, famous people like Mother Teresa, Amy Carmichael from Northern Ireland, Martin Luther from German, St. Patrick's from pa Ireland. You know, these people, they put their foundation on Christ and then they started building other works. Um, that actually, you know, uh, tells us that these people, not like any other people, they just trusted the fact. How did they trust the tr trust uh, that foundation, it is because as we read it in Ephesians, it is the Holy Spirit who revealed to them that gave, gave them a lot of confidence to put their trust in Christ. So that's what uh, Jesus is trying to tell us here. Next, uh, I would like to uh, you know, read some um, statements that is um, made by Jesus in Bible, especially the statement of I am. You know, sometimes we said I am, you know, it's not like that. Whenever the Bible talks about capital I, A-M, that means it is God. Um, if you are interested, you can, uh, you know, you can go back uh, and read, not now when you are at home, uh, Psalm, um, Psalms 68. Um, Let me make sure that is the right chapter. So, yes. See, if if you have time, uh, please uh, pray and read Psalm Psalms uh, sixty-eight chapter, whole chapter. The whole chapter talks about uh, uh, God's name in Hebrew. Um, if you have any um, any Bible commentary, bring it along with you, or you can refer um, Blue Letter Bible. So, Psalm eighty-eight actually talks about different names of God. 
and um, if you want to buy a book, uh, give it to somebody as a present. I would recommend a book called Hallowed Be, Hallowed Be Thy Name, written by David Wilkerson. I don't know how many of you have read it. If you haven't read it, please uh, find it through Scripture Union or Book Depository. They are, they are good, uh, you know, good bookstores for buying these type of books. Hallowed Be, Hallowed Be Thy Name. It's written by David Wilkerson. So he has described uh, God's name beautifully. Um, if you want to read more about the meaning of God mentioned in Hebrew language, it's not written in Hebrew, it's written in English. David Wilkerson, uh, you know, is, is a wonderful man of God. He's no more. He's a wonderful evangelist. I had blessed by his, many, by his uh, sermons. So let's, let me read out from the Bible uh, of who God, uh, God is. Uh, actually, I am statement made by Jesus. Um, most of the references that I have uh, quoted uh, here are taken from uh, book of John in New Testament. Because um, uh, when you read a book of John, John uh, is actually talking about I am, mostly I am. So if you want, to, this is one of the good chapters. Uh, I would recommend you to uh, read it, meditate it. With the help of Holy Spirit, you can, you can, um, have a healthy argument with Muslims because th this is one of the uh, chapters uh, John has written well before Muhammad was born, well before Islam was found. So I am statements uh, that will uh, give us more idea about was Jesus God, was Jesus claimed to be God, you know all those questions will be answered in the book of John. Let me read it, I am the bread of life, John 6.35, I am the light of the world, John 8.12, I am the door of the sheep, John 10.7. I am the door, a good shepherd, John 10.11. I am the resurrection and the life, John 11.25. I am the way, the truth, the life is John 14.6. I am the true white, John 15.1. I am the Alpha Omega uh, in Revelation chapter 1.8. So these are all the statements of who God is, I am, is mentioned by Jesus himself, is written in book of John and in Revelation. Okay, now, how God, how God revealed himself to people in the Bible. So now we are moving from histo historical and biblical perspective, personal perspective from the people of God in Old and New Testament. So now we are moving into personal um, uh, I mean, perspective of uh, Old and New Testament uh, saints. How God revealed himself to the uh, people in Old and New Testament. First is Exodus chapter 3, 6 and 14. Exodus 3, 6 and 14. So here um, in Exodus, God is revealing to Moses that God of living. So God in uh, Exodus was revealed to Moses as a living God. Uh, and also that, uh, you know, if you read it, it will tell you about absolute existence of God. That means God was, God is, and God is going to come up. So uh, this is the concept that is explained to Moses in Exodus th chapter 3, 6 and 14. And then if you, if you go further on, in uh, Genesis chapter 22:14, Genesis chapter 22:14, uh, um, to Abraham, when Abraham was um, um, was at, at going to sacrifice his son Isaac, uh, we all know the story. So I'm not going to go back to the story. So when God opened Abraham's eyes. Um, 
to see a lamb that was uh, in the bush. So he took it and then he sacrificed it. So here God revealed to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh. That means the Lord will provide. So I don't know what you need in your life. If you need something that you are still praying for it, please do not uh, be disappointed. Please continue to pray because the, the, the biblical Hebrew name Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. I was actually listening to one of my colleagues a few days ago, just before I finished my work. It was night time, quarter past nine. Um, so I met him after, after a while. We were chatting about a few things. He, he's a Christian himself. Um, many of you know that whenever you see any, um, any biblical uh, verses that's on the Dublin bus, like God so loved the world, whatever verses you see it in, on Dublin bus uh, as part of the advertisement, that advertisement is done by his church people. They are based in Shankill. So they are the one actually doing all these things. It's a way of spreading gospel. So he told me how his church was built. So they were like, like us, worshipping in a community center. And their church is somewhat like us. Their church is now very big. So one of the elders who came and took over the church, along with the other elders, so he had a strong conviction, strong belief in him that God will provide some means to build the church. I mean, physical building. They were evangelizing. People were coming and going, people were staying in, people were leaving. But he, he had a vision that God will provide whatever they need to build a church. Over the years, he was only praying. He wasn't advertising. He wasn't uh, asking for people to put in money. He was just praying. Even some of, the, some of his own church believers just asked him, you're only praying. And every time he answered back to them was, the Lord will provide, the Lord will provide, like the way the priest said, the Lord will provide, you know. So he, say, he, say, he repeatedly said, he had strong conviction that God will provide. Over the years, I don't know what happened. Now they have a building. They are worshiping in a physical building. So he hasn't done anything other than simply praying. That's what my colleague said it to me. That was one of the encouraging statements that if you are praying for something to happen for a long time, please continue to pray. Our Lord is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide whatever you need. Next is uh, in uh, Genesis um, 21, 17 to 19. This is about Hagar. You know, um, Hagar was um, ch you know, chased out by, um, by her husband uh, with her son. They were running away from them. And then they were just passing through a Middle Eastern desert where there's nothing at all. We all know the story. Um, the, water, the water ran out. They were thirsty. They couldn't make it like the way uh, some of the backpacker, uh, backpackers suffer in Australian desert. So same situation. Um, a woman and a young boy. They were thirsty, they have nothing else, they were about to die, and then poor Hagar started crying, cried, cried, and cried. When you read this chapter, she hasn't mentioned any, uh, the Bible hasn't mentioned anything about God. It, it says that he, she cried. And then what happened? The angel of the Lord spoke to her. So what we see here is, when Hagar was crying, the Bible says that the Lord listens. The Lord listened. So our Lord is not only providing, our Lord is 
hearing us. Our Lord is listening to us. You know, many times we say to our children, listen, listen. It's not like that. He is always patiently listening, whatever we pray. And, he, and you know, we, we know the rest of the story. And then God opened her eyes. There were some voices. She went and uh, drank herself. You know, and and um, her son Ismail also lived. So we know that story. So our God is a living God, as we saw it uh, from Moses. So Mo, for Moses, God revealed himself as a living God. For Abraham, the Lord provided. For Hagar, the Lord listened and answered. And now, next one is in Psalms 23. We all know Psalms 23 very well. Um, here, David talks uh, about his personal experience that God is a shepherd. Um, here in this country, uh, Western world, uh, some parts of Western world, we know how animals are taken care. Machine does the job, people does the job. It's 24 seven. But uh, you know, uh, the cattle have very few enemies unless the birds of prey take over uh, the whole island. Until then, I don't think there are natural enemies to the cattle here. Whereas in Middle East, Africa, or any other parts of the world, or Northern Europe, or France, jackals, fox, uh, lion, you name it, every sort of animals will come and k kill the cattle. So here in the Middle East, in this, uh, you know, I mean, um, hot climate, uh, unbearable condition, the Lord is pictured as a shepherd. So here, the shepherd on, on a trike, or what a quad, whereas over in Middle East, he walks with the sheep. He walks right in front of the sheep just to give them away which way to go because here we have you know lush green middle east the shepherd has to find so to find find grass on the hilly area the shepherd has to lead them well before the sun comes out in a bright color because morning time the tiny tiny little uh, green comes out because of the cooler condition well before the sun goes really up to 40, 45 degrees. So that is the time the greeneries come out of the mountains and the valleys. So the shepherd actually knows where the green grass is. So he leads them to those places. So the, the sheep would follow him, eat along. And also sometimes he comes right in the middle of it because he has to protect the sheep sheeps in case if they wander around, if they wander a few meters away from him, they, you know, they'll be thrown into the lake or sea. And also sometimes he goes behind them as well because he wants to make sure that the last person or the last sheep is very, very well looked after. So, God, uh, you know, David pictures God himself as a shepherd. Like shepherd, God is leading us. God is with us right in the middle of any difficulties. And also God is with us behind. Make sure that nobody is hurting us from, the, from behind. So that's the way David is beautifully penning his uh, Psalm 23. So our God, our God is pictured here as a shepherd. So if you don't know where to go and find green pastures, God is pictured here as a shepherd. So go to shepherd because the Bible says that shepherd calls out sheep by name. Even in some, you know, when you watch some of the YouTube picture, um, Turkey, you know, those places, um, it's, it's amazing that the sheep come out when the shepherd calls them by name. 
He calls different names. They all come one by one, you know. They, I don't know how they understand it. Even when you look at um, some of the therapy dogs, uh, sometimes as, as nurses we give out to patients, whereas the therapy dog comes and then he knows the child has some difficulties. I don't know how, it's amazing to see how dogs or cats can understand human beings' emotions. And then they put some, you know, some calming effect on, on the autistic child or whatever it is. So, our Lord is our shepherd. He knows us by name. He knows us that this is Rufus, this is Sam, this is John, this is Elaine. So he knows us by name. Let's go to the shepherd, whatever we need. If you are still finding for green pastures, please go to shepherd. It's easy for me to say, but when you continuously to pray to him, he will lead you into the green pastures. And also, we all know that the cattle here, after feeding, they all come, they do something like that on the you know, rotating brush to make sure that they are looked after very well, make sure the cows have no insects and things like that. So same, uh, it's not same, but in, in Middle Eastern uh, tradition, uh, what the shepherd used to do is, David talks about it, that he pours oil um, onto my head. So symbolically it says that it is anointing. But in Middle Eastern tradition, they pour oil into um, sheep's ear and noses, make sure that no parasites are staying in. So we need to go to God for anointing if we need to do some, uh, some things for God. If you are planning to do something for God, Please pray, let the Holy Spirit reveal to you what you need to do, and let the Holy Spirit anoint you with this anointing, so you'll be able to do things for the glory of God. And then, Peter. We all know Peter. Um, John 21, 3-7. So Jesus was died. So after Jesus' death, Peter decided that I'm going back. When you when you sing uh, when we sing um, Matt Redmond songs, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Whereas Peter wasn't coming back to the heart of worship. He said, "I'm going fishing." So he went back to fishing. So what happened throughout the night? As an experienced fisherman, he couldn't catch anything. And the next day, Jesus knew. He comes right into the difficulty, and he told Peter to lay his net on one side, which he did, and then he caught a lot of fish. Are you still struggling in your life? Are you, you know, you had studied well, you had done well, you, you, you have prayed well for someone to be saved, and you haven't seen the results yet. You are frustrated. What we need to do is, as we all know, we need to listen. Sometimes, you know, we turn off. We turn off. We don't need to go back to the Bible. We don't need to listen to the audio messages. We completely turn off. Sometimes God is, you know, telling us insight that you need to do something. We say, oh, no, I'm not doing it. We completely turn off. So like Peter did, at your word, I do it. So let's all go back to the word, like the way Matt Redmond sang. Let's go back to the heart of the worship. God will, will restore, your, restore your difficulty. Whatever it is, you have tried many things. 
you know, it's, it's funny to look at the song Bono wrote, you know, you have carried cross, I'm still looking for, you know. We are not still looking for, we are still looking for, but we, God will provide us if we are honest. Okay, well, if you have any difficulties, remember, like Peter listened to the word of God, he obeyed it, God restored. Whatever difficulties you have, it can be financial, it can be academic, it can be personal, it can be a prayer for someone to be saved. I claim those words from the Bible that, you know, the Lord said, it is impossible with men, but it is possible with God. Now, the next example is... Um, Luke 18, 35 to 43. Luke 18, 35 to 43. It's about the story of a blind man who is healed by Jesus Christ. So here, the personal experience of a blind man is God is a healer. God is a healer. Are you still praying for your health? Whatever health is, physical, mental, spiritual, social, intellectual, whatever health you need it, please continue to pray for it because the Lord himself is a healer. Who healed blind man years ago? Who is healing people now? Please continue to pray. God will heal whatever your difficulty is, your illness is, your disease is. The last one is taken from Paul. Philippians chapter 4, 11 to 13. Philippians chapter 4, 11 to 13. So here Paul talks about his personal experience of how God has been. Paul says that here, the Lord is a strength and sustainer. So when you, when you, you know, if somebody is going for a, for, for a new job, you know, you, what you do, you, you, sp you speak to you know, your friends, you get some interview tips, and you rewrite your CV. Sometimes, you know, I sit and write CVs of uh, godly people here. I take a paper and then go through, a, go through the book, and then I write down the CV. So I have written a CV of uh, St. Paul. So one of the things I like about Paul is you know, I didn't write it like the, you know, five competencies that uh, HSC requires. No, this is completely, you know, the practical stuff. So the way that I written is how he perceived God and how he lived a practical life of Christ because of the revelation he has received it. So he says that, you know, he was hungry, he, was, he didn't have food, he was stoned to death, he was bitten by animals and peoples. Not really, but bitten by, uh, bitten by animals, not literally bitten by people. But, you know, he went through a lot of struggle. But he was able to say at the end of his life that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you need strength in your life? Here is Paul says from his experience that God is able, God will strengthen you to do whatever you need it. So finally... I'll come to the conclusion part. So if you could turn with me to Psalms 91. Psalms 91. The last three verses, 14 to 16. Psalms 91, 14 to 16. 
because he has set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him i will set him on high because he has known my name he shall call upon me and i will answer him i will be with him in trouble i will deliver him and honor him with long life i will satisfy him and show him my salvation if you read no if you if you read it a little bit different you know like reading between the lines or something like that if you want to do it you know i have put some questions you know because in this uh, i mean in matthew jesus revealed himself through question and answer by question and answer we will be able to develop our understanding this is one of the way to read about read scriptures so if you know if you ask different questions right and uh, right and left uh, between these three verses you'll come up with so many things so i have simplified it do you know who he is so that is uh, that's what is it says because he has set his love upon me therefore i'll deliver him i'll set him on high because he has known my name the question is do you know his name do you know who jesus is personally we all know jesus christ is our lord and savior do we know him personally like the way mother teresa experienced who jesus was in her personal life like the way amy carmichael from northern ireland experienced who jesus was like the way saint patrick's did like the way paul peter david did do how personal is your experience of knowing jesus is let's all think about it for a moment i leave the question with you because your experience is richer than myself um when you look at it sometimes it may not be because it, there is no, no no one is you know right or wrong because god reveals to us in a personal situation through his words by his holy spirit it's very encouraging you know the uh, these uh, these verses because he knows my name he shall call upon me so there is a relationship here and i will answer him because we know who jesus is who god is god will answer us god will be with us in trouble god will deliver us and honor us with long life we will satisfy he will satisfy us and show us his salvation you know in terms of my just put you and me and things like that you know just um, and see how it is related to yourselves and ourselves so back to the question coming back to the heart of worship who jesus is to you personally that is the question i leave it with you please go back spend some time if you can and let holy spirit reveal to you who jesus is personally to you whatever experience you are going through please do remember that our god who listens who hears who answers who leads who protects who blesses who gives us satisfaction at the end salvation into the eternal glory amen could i ask rufus to